Today, we're going to talk about a crisis that is going to have an impact on the entire world. And have a massive impact on the stock market. We're going to talk about food stocks that you could potentially get into that will play against the rising food costs, right? Because we've lined up a bunch of companies that could benefit from soaring inflation and food costs. These are really important. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. The Bean Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing. With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth. Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to dowmaker.com to learn more. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to talk about a crisis that is going to have an impact on the entire world and have a massive impact on the stock market. So, think about what's happening in the world right now. Food prices are out of control. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Yeah, it's, well, especially the one we go to around yeah. the corner here. It's insane. Okay. It's wild. We're paying, on average, at least for the rest of the year, something like 22% more per item across the entire grocery store. Your whole bill is going to go 20%. So your grocery bill is going up, but today we're going to talk about food stocks that you could potentially get into that will you know, play against the rising food costs, right? Because we've, we've lined up a bunch of companies that could benefit from soaring inflation and food costs. These are really important. Right. So you make 50%, 100% off these stocks. It's really going to offset the measly little 20% gain we're going to see on our food prices. Exactly. I mean, one of the things we like to do is we look at the macro environment of the world. What is happening and what is going to play out over the next six to 12 months? You want to get in early on stocks before the trends really get crazy. And I know food prices are getting overblown, but some of these companies still haven't moved yet. And if, if things go as planned and as we think they are, these could be hot names. Yeah. So stay focused here for a minute because we had the war on, in, obviously in Europe at the moment, right? What happened? We knew that Russia was a massive oil producer and exporter. What happened to oil prices? Skyrocketed. Right. We called that out in our wartime stocks episode months in advance. So now what we're trying to do on this episode is look even further down the pipeline and see what is going to happen with our food crisis. Um, you know, we have a number of different issues. We have supply chain issues that have, have been occurred through COVID. We've had inflation uh, increases. We've had rising labor costs because, Everything. Of, because of this. Climate change, which is uh, affecting, you know, crops are being grown at certain times of the year. And now yep. they can't be like so many things, right? It's crazy. So here's some quick stats. Between April 2020, basically the pandemic shutdown and December 2021, the price of soybeans, which is a main food ingredient in a lot of things, went up over 50%. Corn and wheat went up over 80%. And coffee rose over 70%. These are main staples of the world's diet, and they're going up nearly 50 to 100%. And here's the worst part. It's only going to get worse throughout this summer and at the end of 2022. Mm. So you have inflation. Exactly. You have supply shortage because Russia and Ukraine are the, some of the world's biggest suppliers of wheat and corn fertilizer. It's all coming into this perfect storm for the food industry. You know, it's bad for the consumers, but these companies that we're going to talk about later in this episode 
could potentially benefit, right? The fuel prices, you have to transport the goods. Front, like think about the trucker convoy that, that yep. made huge news in Canada. That every single piece of cost that goes into the manufacturing process from seed to sale gets passed on to the consumer. How about this one? Not only has oil increased, you know, exponentially, the price of shipping containers has gone up 170% since the COVID lockdown. Why is that? Because everything has gone up. Oh my God. It's, it's literally every single piece of the food <sighs> supply chain has skyrocketed. And now that those costs are being passed on to the consumer. But with rising costs and a supply shortage comes an increase in production and demand from the companies leads to increased profits in the future, right? That's right. why these companies, you need to look at them right now. Insane. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about fuel, right? And how Russia is this massive exporter of natural gas, of oil. I didn't know this, but natural gas is used for nitrogen. Okay. I'm not like, I'm not a scientist expert or anything like this. I'm not a chemist. But- if it's used in nitrogen, that means it's used in fertilizer, mm. okay? This is a key component to fertilizer. Russia and China have export sanctions on fertilizer. They are some of the largest exporters in the world of fertilizer. China, I think they've recently said that, I think they, this is a key, key component here. I think they already see the writing on the wall and they're halting their exports. They're keeping it domestically right now. There's a reason for that. Right. They see the crisis. The writing's on the wall. So, so how do we play it? So how do we play it? Well, I think we need to start looking to maybe some stocks that are, or some companies, let's say, that are in this space. Right. So if we're not going to export fertilizer from Russia and China anymore, we're going to have to start looking to our home base. Let's look at the large companies in the US. Maybe stocks have been being down slightly and are going to start seeing benefits from these rising prices. I like it. And food. So one of the ones I had a, had an eye on is uh it's called the mosaic company okay trades under the ticker mos it was trading at 150 dollars in 2008 it's now trading at 60 dollars, and over the past month it's up 50 percent. wow okay so like it. it's still happening right it's still money's coming in this is a fortune 500 company okay so it's not a small little diddly you know micro cap company here they manufacture phosphate fertilizer and potash Two, the two major ingredients used in fertilizer in the U.S. Um, <clears throat> the Q4 wasn't too strong due to a decreased, it was like high inflation, decreased demand. You know, higher inflation, people aren't spending as much just because everything's so ex expensive. But when you have Russia as the number two producer and the number four producer of potash and phosphate, you got to look to these sanctions and say, look, a company like this is going to be so heavily relied on in the US, right? Especially when they their gross margins have increased from 25 to 30%. And then you have these rising prices. This is a company I think you want to turn to in a time of crisis. 100%. I believe you're, you've hit the nail on the head there with the, so I was looking at fertilizers, pesticides. These, you know, not only has the cost of these things skyrocketed, but the profits that the companies are going to see over the next few years as they manage this crisis will rise with the costs. Mm. You know, when a business raises their prices in general, their profits are going up as well. And as you said, sanctions are being placed on the, the countries that are providing it at the moment. So the, the demand in these domestic companies is going to rise a lot. So for fertilizer, I also had a, a company called Nutrien, who trades in the ticker NTR, 
56 billion market cap. You know, a lot of these companies are big market cap companies. Mm. These aren't penny stocks, right? And you, you want a large company like this exactly. to be able to weather the storm of high inflation, high, high interest rates, right? Exactly. So Nutrien has been ripping lately. It's up 65% over the past six months. But a lot of um, analysts and everyone is saying this is still a buy because as we said, this is only going to get worse. Mm. Um, for pesticides, a similar company is Cortiva. CTVA is the ticker, yep. $39 billion market cap. Again, the chart has been steadily going up. The insiders always know. They, they knew this was happening three months ago. You know, as soon as there was maybe whispers of war between Russia and Ukraine, these guys, they know. They can, all right, war, sanctions, fertilizer. Mm. You know, we're just getting wind of it now, but these trends tend to play over, over years, right? Yeah, yeah, so for sure. We haven't missed the boat, in my opinion. So these are names to check out. Why do you think Bill Gates is the largest land owner in the world? Is there in the, in the world or in the US? I think it might be in the world. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, he's the biggest, far, he's technically considered the biggest farmer in the world. He has so oh, much Bill. land. I don't know the actual hectares that whatever that he owns, but he's yeah. got a shit ton of it. Yeah, right? no, interesting. Um, so another company I had kind of along that same lines um, in terms of not only fertilizer, pesticides, and also the production behind it. Um, Archer Daniels Midland. Okay. ADM. Uh, they were at a lot of the top lists for agriculture companies to watch. $47 billion market cap. They're one of the biggest companies involved in specifically corn. And with corn being one of the, you know, the main, you know, main ingredient in everyone's diet used to make a lot of foods, supply shortage there. Along with that, I'd say Archer Daniels Midland to me looks like a good one. Yeah. And I mean, look, think about it. You need, when I think the whole, like all of the US, is, I think it's like corn is in 70% of products or something crazy yeah. like that, you know, and it's converted into fructose and it's just manipulated in so many different ways. And yep. it's really, corn is also um, very durable to the environment, to climate change and whatnot. So it's also an excellent, excellent resource for, the, for that as well. So right. um, yeah, I think that's a great play. Um, I was put onto this really interesting company uh through a tiktok yeah, yeah which was really really interesting you might have seen the same same one good one uh it's called it's bayer right trades in the ticker b-a-y-r-y so it trades over the otc yep. i think it's a european company yep i think it's german right so it was really i'm gonna break it down and try relatively simply for the shout audience. out to crypto weatherman for the yeah. video very informative it was really interesting so and correct me on anything anything in this that i'm wrong on Bill Gates is the largest farmer in the U.S., okay? So he's got the dirt, but he needs seeds. So where do you get the seeds from? Well, the two largest producers of seeds is Monsanto, and the other one was DuPont. Right. But both of those are not, you can't trade them, okay? There's the kicker. Yeah, you're not, uh, and that there's a reason for that. That's because Bayer owns both of them, mm. right? So you have Bill Gates with the land, and then you need seeds to plant with Bayer, which is like a bio, a biotech, was it biotech? They're pretty much like, they're like a biotech for, for food. Yeah. You know what I so mean? So they, they produce the seeds. Yeah. They also produce the seed protection things. Exactly. So kind of like the fertilizers a, and the pesticides. Te technology that way. So yep. with wheat costing a ton, we're going to turn to crops we can grow quickly, GMO. So with Bayer's technology, these guys, which is also trading in, relatively at a discounted price right now, right. which is why we're bringing it up. I think it was trading as high as 36 back in 2015. Yeah. Now it's less than half that. Yeah. So they're designed to, to produce food rapidly in a food crisis. You go on their website, that's what it says. 
and they specialize in agricultural chemicals, seed, and biotech. And the last kicker, and the thing that really brings this all together, and what he, he pointed out in his video as well, is that Bill Gates has already worked directly with Monsanto, which ties in with Bayer. Exactly. So it's, it's a perfect triangle of working together. The writing is on the wall. And as we've just mentioned, this crisis is only going to get worse. These guys are the best positioned to handle it and supply the world with the food and the fertilizers and the seeds that they need. Yeah, he partnered with uh, Monsanto to help tackle world hunger back in 2012. So you're a smart man. You're putting two of the world's largest seed providers, manufacturers, in addition to the largest individual who owns the most amount of land in the world, plus a massive biotech company trading at a discount. Yeah. Let's go, baby. I like it. I like it. It's on the OTC. That is the only thing. So you have to be able to buy stocks on the OTC. Um, but look, that's a great one. All yep. right. What other, another, another different angle that I had, um, which kind of makes a lot of sense to me is the machinery behind farming and agriculture. If farming and agriculture is about to ramp up, perhaps plays like John Deere and Caterpillar could be interesting, right? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. They are supplying all the tractors, the cotton pickers, the combines, the harvesters, the strippers, everything involved with farming is made by these two powerhouses. Mm. Whether it's large-scale commercial farming or your mom and pop shop. And the mom and pop shop is also a great one too because let's say these large manufacturers of food are not able to keep up. You're going to have to turn to a more of a local source. You know, maybe a farm 10 kilometers down the road or whatever. Yep. It's a great call. Yeah, I think so. John Deere. Huge company. <laughs> yep. John Deere, huge company. Trades in the ticket DE, Caterpillar, CAT. These are the world's largest manufacturers of agricultural equipment. And with rising demand from farms around the world, not just in the USA, these are global companies. Mm. I think these stocks could be it for a run. Absolutely. Okay. So another one I was really, I, so I started to think of what are some alternatives to wheat? Because we're seeing wheat prices are at all-time highs, right? I look to an international soybean exporter. Um, so it's, it's soy flour. It's a company called Bungie. Trades under the ticker BG. This is why, this is, okay, this gets really interesting like here, it. right? I'm excited. So basically, they connect farmers to consumers. But they recently announced a partnership on February 22nd, which is right around when the war started, or just before the war started, with Chevron. And I'm like, okay, why... Why is this soybean company that does like also, also does like soybean oils and all these other things on like oil, but with Chevron, one of the largest like gas companies in the world. Okay, so here's what they're doing. They are leveraging the expertise of the oil seed processing and the fuel manufacturing of Chevron. They're creating a predictable supply of renewable feedstock. Okay, so what is feedstock? Feedstock is a natural resource that can replenish itself uh, in a limited period of time, right? So this is, a, a, I guess, what's like an example would be biomass plant material. Mm. So you can create using these synthetics mm. and these oils to now have food for your farm. Right. This is where it gets really interesting. <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> it's really fascinating. Yeah. I was like going down such a route. I was like, holy shit, this stuff is crazy. And I yeah, love right. what they're doing. Yeah. So it's a regenerative ag agriculture is a system that farmers use to harness the power of uh, nature to build up the soil. So they're going to be using these biomasses. to. So we're talking about the fertilizer issue, right? They're going to be using these biomasses, which can now recreate themselves. So you don't have to re rely on fertilizers coming in from Russia. They can, the farmers can do it themselves to now provide nutrients for the soil. 
Damn. So I found this like super fascinating. I'm like, what the heck? So they're going to enrich it with nitrogen. That's what this is. Right. This biomass is able to do. How, how's the company set up? What's the chart look like? <clears throat> um, so basically their earnings per share has gone from $7 to $13. So a massive increase there. They've doubled capacity of production. They're expecting a double in capacity for production by 2024. And they're operating in 40 countries. They have 23,000 employees. So it's like one of those companies where they can weather a storm, mm. right? They're so large. I think they're trading at $108 at time of recording. Previous high of 130. All right. So Room they're expecting, expecting a double in production, right? They're also solving the fertilizer issue by creating their own in a sustainable way. Very, what was the name of the company again? This is Bungie or Bungie, B-U-N-G-E. BG. All right. I really like cool. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And it's also an alternative to wheat. So it's like, it's kind of doing both. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one for sure. Um, so another another avenue that I was looking down, and I posted about this on Twitter and made a TikTok about it recently, is innovative farming. Because as we have a food crisis coming, not only will traditional agriculture have to ramp up what they're doing, which is per- fertilizer, pesticides, wheat, corn, tractors, all that kind of stuff. But I'm looking to the innovation in farming. So it's a technique called vertical farming that I've been doing research into. Um, What they basically do is they use shelves and hydroponic light to grow produce. So it saves on land space. It saves on water use. It saves on pesticide and fertilizer use. And it allows, because you can set it up in smaller batches around countries, you save on shipping costs. Right. So you're saving on all of these things. Oil is going up, fertilizer, pesticides, everything's going up in price, but this is saving on cost in all of those. And here's the best part. You can get up to 30 times the amount of yield compared to traditional agriculture using vertical farming. Okay. So this is a, it's a new technology. It hasn't been brought out to mass scale yet, but there are some really interesting companies that are developing it and bringing it to local stores around America. So we have rising costs everywhere. Let's look at a way to save yeah. on producing it's, goods. You know, it's bringing tech yeah. into farming. It's great. Which I love. Yeah. Um, so the company that I have personally invested in is called App Harvest. Mm. Uh, APPH is the ticker. They went public via SPAC last year. Remember the big SPAC phase went up to $45 a share. Now it's at five. Five. So what have went, what have went public at what? 10 bucks or something? Yeah, right? 10 yeah. up to yeah. 40. And now it's the chart is down like this. Okay. And here's what I like right now. The volume's picking up. Right. And the price is slowly starting to pick up, right? That smart money phase. So all these, it sounds like all these food stocks are slightly beaten down. Yep. There's a need for either the food itself, the fertilizer, the energy, the production equipment to get this all out the door and onto the consumer's plate. For sure. So these are sounding pretty good at the moment. What else you got? So I have another one. It's called Intrepid uh, Potash. Trades under the ticker IPI. Um, relatively new company, but pretty interesting. So we go back to everything with the sanctions and how Russia is the number four exporter of potash. So let's learn. Let's turn to a U.S. fertilizer, uh, sorry, manufacturer of fertilizer, a company who's one of the largest producers of potash with a market cap under a billion. Okay. So you know we've been going on like a lot of the big names, but I always like to try to find that one little hidden gem, right? For sure. Um. It's up 50, so it's up 55% in the past year, 360% over the past five years, but it's down significantly from its all-time high. Right. So, you know, like when a stock has like, it's down like so much, but it's like, oh, it's up 100% in the past 
week or whatever. It's still, but it's still super it's still down. down so much. Exactly. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like app harvest. The volume is pouring in. Mm. It is turning the corner right now. That's the key zone. This is what I like. In 2016, IPI, that's a ticker, IPI, uh, put it, it's, it's called what, uh, the West Mine on hold. So this is where they mine the potash. But they did that until potash prices increased. Potash prices right now are at a 13-year high. They have West Mine, which can produce 400, uh, 400 tons of potash. The company itself produced 390 last year. So wow. they're now about to activate this mine for all this potash this year. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why I really liked them. Yeah, yeah. You have a pricing increase. You have a demand increase for potash. Combine the two together. Opening up this mine. I think this is, it's, you could double their production this yeah. year alone. It's interesting, you know, when you when you break down the supply chain of the food industry, you can find these hidden gems all along the way. So there's the fertilizer, and then there's the equipment, and then there's the the innovative farmers, there's the wheat producers, there's the seeds, the you know, every little bit, mm. you can look into it and see these companies that are turning the corner, all the charts are turning the corner. Yeah. Because I think this food crisis is only going to get worse. So it's important. And who's got the buying power for all this, like, you know, maybe do, do we look to like a Walmart or something like that? Who's like super huge and can bring food into the stores? Like yeah. what's the competition going to look like from a retailer's perspective? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Prices are going up. We yeah. can see it. It's, it's happening all the time. One other alternative industry I wanted to discuss today, food stocks, was plant-based food. Okay. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of people know Beyond Meat. They make meat replacements. They went public and the hype train went crazy. I think it went like to 200 plus a stock, a 200 a share. This thing has tanked. Right. 30, 40 bucks a share. So they are, you know, making meat replacements. Plant-based burger patties, sausages, chicken nuggets. They've got deals with McDonald's, KFC. They're expanding internationally. They're hiring people. They're building factories, but the share price is tanking. So what's going on there? I think it's interesting to see because if they can potentially, maybe not even be on meat, the plant-based food as a whole, if they can start to make food replacements at a, you know economies of scale, bring the costs down, this could potentially be a play against the rising food costs. So you have Beyond Meat, there's Impossible Foods, which isn't public yet. There's also Very Good Food Company. These are the names that I'm looking at in the space that are kind of directing it. Um, I'm not sure if right now is the best time to buy because I think they're still, you know, don't catch the falling knife as they say, right? They haven't turned the corner like the other food stocks we've seen. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about food stocks and trends, I think more and more every year, plant-based is becoming more a thing. And I think eventually they will find economies of scale or a company like Beyond Meat may be bought out right. by who knows a Walmart, right? Mm. Like that could potentially be a catalyst. Yeah. And owning shares of Beyond Meat at what could be a significant discount right now could play well over the next few years. I think it's really important that you bring up this alternative meat because we're talking about food, right? And I know when we're talking about food and getting it to onto our plates, we're thinking from of the human perspective. When you think about, you know, maybe eating pork or cow, cattle, they have to get fed as well. You know, when you have 20,000 chickens on this, 20 billion cattle, or it's, it's an astronomical number of chickens and, and all these different animals that we eat, they have to get fed as well. Mm. So if we can cut back on the amount of animals we're eating, let's say, and move to a different source, we can use more of that food for us as humans than for these 
massively farmed animals, right? Yeah, so. right, right. Interesting, interesting. There's there's a few different trends at play. Um, do you have any other industries you want to discuss? No, that's kind of what I'm. I had one hilarious one that I came across. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 not exactly food, but it's water. Okay. So consolidated LTNC. Wa- <laughs> no, not not LTNC. No penny stocks in this episode. And for me, it's called consolidated water co. Okay. And I. Th- I feel like a lot of people have been talking about an incoming water shortage, fresh oh. water, natural water around the world. Because, I mean, you even see it, there's droughts everywhere. With climate change, water is going to become more and more of an issue. Having access to fresh water, drinking water, cooking water, all that kind of stuff. So countries and companies that have supply and are you know, feeding this water out to the world, these companies could become in demand. So hmm. Consolidated Water Co., it kind of sounds like a monopoly, right? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the utilities. Yeah, CWCO, an international water solutions company supplying potable water, treating water for reuse, and manufacturing and providing water-related products and services. Interesting. Interesting play. Again, yeah. it was up a long time ago. Now it's down, starting to curl. Hmm. I, I came across this one, and I was like, I have to mention it. It's kind of an interesting play. No, it's great. Yeah. I, you know, most of these stocks, like I think we've talked about, are in that despair yeah. phase some of them like bungee for example is fucking really starting to rip now like all these food plays right now are looking pretty sharp and if we look to the future and look at what's happening in the world these could be some great places to offset your rising food bills i like it watch out for these trends and make sure you tune into the next episode oh that's gonna be a banger All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.